I'm not all awake, by the way. Okay, we're going to start again and <laughs> take a sip of your drink. <laughs> Let me take a swing. And you don't know if it's alcohol or if it's an energy drink. So It's both. They call it Four loco. Oh, my Jesus Christ. You ever had one of those? I have not, but it sounds like an eye-opener. It is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, all right, so we're going to start in three Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your seriously pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geeky things throughout the ages. Today, I am going to be joined by, again by James. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, you're, you're not nearly as uh, asleep as I am. But I am not. <laughs> I know. So all you folks in the podcast line, I just got off uh, work, and I, or I just woke up from getting off work on nights. So James is, and I like circadian rhythms are like reversed i've been up since eight o'clock this morning and you go up about 30 minutes ago yeah you know it is what it is so <laughs> pulling back the curtain a little bit so but anyways so today james has been gracious enough to come over to my house so we can talk about one of our favorite animes of all time he actually wrote this one up guys so mm-hmm. we'll see how I mean, it's a little bit more in depth there's a lot more quotes i see in this one much <laughs> oh, like just a couple much like hitchhiker's guide but it's 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 One Punch Man, isn't that right, James? It is One Punch Man. That is awesome. So and it's just gonna take one episode. Uh, maybe he'll well, actually maybe he'll actually defeat the bad guy at the end of the episode. It's not maybe. like trust me, guys. We were we were pitching some other ideas, and he and Dune might have gotten thrown out there, and we were just like, no, no, it's not a college level course. Sorry, guys. I don't feel like getting my doing a PhD dissertation this week. So. Ain't that the truth? So, but anyways, before we get into the meat of the episode. It's been about a week since uh, we really sat down and talked a whole bunch, even more, maybe a little longer than that, actually. So what have you been yeah. up to? I've been playing a lot of Hades. That's right. I've been playing, I've been working my ass off and then playing Hades when I'm not working. I mean, it's a good, it's a good de-stressor. It I mean, is. And I finally beat that son of a gun. That's right. You got Hades. And I have to say the first time I arrived at Hades, you were actually there with me that afternoon. That's right. And I beat him with like two health left. And then he has a second health bar. And I'm like oh, the only no. the only boss in the whole freaking game to have two health bars. Ooh, I know it's just like you know. Oh, I was so what's mad. that open wound? Let's get some salt for you, shall we? Twist the knife, <laughs> exactly. Twist the knife. So I'm glad at least you got beat him a couple times. You're getting like end game stuff now. You're, mm-hmm. you're learning more and more. Yeah, about it feels his mom. good. I got the heat meter turned up. Or That's meeting right. mom repeatedly. There you go. You're mm-hmm. gonna get a lot of the. You're gonna get some more gems. Put some decorations on the walls. Mm-hmm. Learn how to play the lyre. Yeah, you know, it's 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 gonna be great. Maybe it Orpheus teaches singing or something. I've I've been uh, renovating the lounge. It looks pretty nice now. That's right. It does. It does. It's looking great. You gotta fulfill that prophecy. You gotta renovate the lounge. I did. I did fulfill <laughs> the prophecy. <laughs> That's the reason I did that too. And I was just like, why is this even in here? And they're like, oh, it's a prophecy. I'm like, renovate, renovate, renovate. <laughs> I'll do, I'll do anything for a prophecy. That's right, you will. You're a dirty prophecy whore, aren't you? I love it to death. Though. Me and the fates, we're tight. I know. So, anyway. No, it's okay. So on, on, on my end, actually, um, I haven't been able to play a lot of games, but I've actually been preparing for the one shot we're going to be trying to, we're probably going to try and get done tomorrow. So yes, lots of research on Call of Cthulhu. So if anybody will listen to last week, Last week's the last episode of Hellboy. You'll know that my love of Lovecraftian and Cthulhu esque stuff is abound. Mm-hmm. It's just the love of that unknown. I just love it to death. So, and James uh, and, and Kelly and our group of friends that we usually play D anD D with have given me the opportunity to run a Lovecraftian RPG. So I- I'm thrilled. I think it's gonna be fun. And to my knowledge, this is the first time you've ever like DM'd or GM'd anything for for you guys. For so, us. Okay. so so I did do like one or two, but it was they were also one shots one shots, and they were with. I believe they were. It was the D and D fourth edition a long time ago, maybe even three point five. Even I did one like one or two, and it was not very good. I've got to say, three point five for all its strengths as a crunchy system, 
I did not enjoy DMing 3.5 at all. It's a it's very rule heavy and very like mechanics. Well, yeah, I, I'm cool with being rules heavy. I just feel like it required a lot of prep on the DM's part because lot. the monster entries were terrible. Yeah, like the monsters literally had their own feats and their own spells, and there was nothing written on the entry. And so, yeah. if you pulled out a 12th level demon, it has six or eight feats, and it might have a dozen spells, mm-hmm. and no explanation of what any of these do. And so like to prep even a single monster, even for someone who's good at rules might take 20 or 30 minutes. It was that's, just that's bad. A, and that's a lot of time. So a lot of times you just basically cookie cutter, like multiple bad guys. A lot yeah. of times. And that was one bad. of the things that fourth edition really got right. You know, there's a lot of things that got wrong, but one yeah. of the things that got right was that the dungeon master could pull out a monster and everything they need is on the monster. Yeah. And if you need something else, that makes sense. Your players will never know that it wasn't on the sheet anyway. No, we all we all tack on, you know, out of combat abilities to our oh, monsters. Absolutely, so. and I and I have to be fair. I am kind of doing that a little bit, like looking at stuff. <laughs> and, and luckily, this is a different kind of RPG that we're going to be playing because it's going to be more of the role play heavy as opposed to. Um, Fighty, fighty, stabby, stabby. Yeah, I was sitting down to read the combat rules, and I realized you could die. Yeah, like you, you. I have like six or eight hit points, and the gun does a D eight of damage in a round for for a weak gun. Yeah, like... <laughs> so I was looking at, at uh, some online descriptions of like how people would role play these and, and, and DM them, and they said just make it a, make your players aware that if they get shot, they might end up in the hospital for two weeks. And I'm like, well, we're only gonna have a one shot, so <laughs> I'm just gonna kill you guys. And that's the I, thing: if you lose like, like half your health, then you get a major wound. Yeah, which, like you said, takes like a month in the hospital. Yeah, or <laughs> and if you try to keep on moving on, you're disabled, and so you're like your move speed is halved, and all this mm-hmm. stuff, depending on what it is, or like you take you take negatives, and so the whole system is basically there to torture the players. <laughs> I'm like. I kind of more the more and more I read this time, I'm like, I kind of like this a little bit. The yeah. sadistic part of me cut me out a little bit. It makes me want to run paranoia again, to be honest. Dude, I love it. It has paranoia. some of the same vibes. So if you Which guys maybe if, if Kelly's not ready for our new campaign, we can do paranoia. That would be this. great. We yeah, if, if, if you guys out there in podcast land have never played paranoia, uh, it's a great RPG that is just circa bonkers. 1980s. Yeah. It's bonkers. So the premise on that is is that you are in like a dystopian uh, kind of future like uh, alpha complex, alpha complex in like a it's I guess it would be it's not a Soviet Russia kind of thing. It's more of like a it's it's a Cold War era like RPG, 1984 kind of thing. Yeah, almost. you live in an underground bunker run by the benevolent friend computer. That's right. Yeah, and friend computer over time his programming has drifted a little bit, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. And the computer is obsessed with secret cults and communists and mutants. Yeah. And the premise of the game is that you're a troubleshooter whose job is to solve problems for the computer. But, oh, it turns out you're part of a secret society and yeah. you're a mutant. That's how it always ends. It's, it is so much fun to play. The name of the game is to have the players stab each other in the back for meaningless rewards. Yeah, that's right. It's great. So if you guys ever get a chance, check it out. Um, I don't remember. who the, Who's the folks that, that published it, you know? Oh gosh! It's, it's not. It's not Wizards. I know no. Wizards no, it game. wasn't Wizards, and it's gone through. I know it's gone through a couple of publishers. Yeah, but if if you guys, I keep thinking Chaosium, but that's the one. Yeah, that's Cthulhu. that's with Cthulhu. That's Cthulhu. Yeah. If you guys um want to go out and check, we don't know the publisher, but check out uh, Paranoia. It is a fabulous little party game that they, doesn't take a lot of effort to start. And honestly. they just came out with a 2020 version last year, which I have not gotten a hold of yet. Ooh, that would be fun. It's, Maybe, yeah. It looks like it's more of a hybrid thing between like a deck of cards and a rule book. Like it's much more rules light, like, you know, your mutant powers are on a flash card Aww. and your items are like on cards. So I don't know. I'm not sure if it will be just you know, a quicker romp or if it would kind of kill the spirit of it. Cause... It might be a quicker romp, but I don't know. if it, Maybe we could check it out and like check a YouTube video out and see if maybe oh, well. what a if you're play. If you're into paranoia, my favorite paranoia like uh, scenario is called The Invisible Train. You should check it out. It's a classic. Is that the one that you put us on? Yes. That was great. <laughs> That's and my, my favorite wife, one. My wife totally won that scenario <laughs> because she basically... She uh, she played default because she followed the rules. <laughs> she is like the rules person that knows how to follow them. And I'm, I was like, "What is? Yeah, that was great. I love that." <laughs> so, anyways, going in the complete and opposite direction of dystopian futures, let's go to the the paramount of a superhero achievement, which is One Punch Man. So yes, One Punch Man is 
it's a parody anime manga. It's kind of been all of them. Yeah. It's written by an author who just calls himself one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spelt out O N E. Uh, it's in an, capital letters. And the uh, manga version and it was animated by uh, Yusake Murata. Yeah. It's a story about a guy called Saitama. He's this bald, middle aged man who's a superhero for the fun of it. That's right. Because what else uh, are you going to do with your life, right? And the central premise of the story is that his overwhelming strength allows him to defeat any foe with a single punch. That's right. And uh, he has grown quite bored of the lack of challenge in his life, and he kind of seeks a worthy opponent. I mean, that's that, that's the premise of the show. It's And that's the thing. It's such a simple premise, that it's, but it's so much fun to watch, even though you can go through, even though you go through, you know, each episode thinking, you know, maybe this one will be like strong enough to, never. It's just like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. I haven't, have you, have you watched all, all the two seasons? I've episodes? watched two seasons and I, I read up through chapter 90 or something in the manga, mm-hmm. like right up to when the anime came out and I, I've not caught back up on the manga yeah because I, I just kind of want to enjoy the anime as it comes out because it's been pretty well done oh yeah absolutely that's the one thing i've noticed it's a lot of times with these little smaller projects it, it seems like they, they're actually starting to pump a little bit more money into them mm-hmm. these smaller studios and i'm loving it so before we get into like the super super nitty-gritty of it when did you first run into one punch <sighs> I actually first ran into One Punch Man before it even got the manga adaptation, the original webcomic. I think I ran into it on anime forum or on YouTube YouTube or something. I don't know where. But the original terrible hand-drawn version he did, it was on the <laughs> Natosha.net webpage originally. Yeah, we can talk about the, the face <laughs> here in a minute. It's great. <laughs> And he had a couple, like 120 episodes or chapters or something yeah. out at that point. And I remember reading through the whole thing, thinking, this is hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it immensely, despite its entirely terrible art. And then I realized the next day that they had started making a manga for it. And you're just like, what? Which was much, much better. They cleaned up the storyline. Yeah. They have a much nicer art style on it. And, oh, gosh. Well, that's why a lot of these these uh, manga and anime are starting nowadays. Is a lot of these folks they are either they either work from home or they're aspiring artists, and they get online and they post these free forums, so these web comics. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, a lot of these companies they scour these websites looking for good properties to oh, try yeah. and talk to these people. And that's where you get like things like we were talking about. Made of Abyss came out about, mm-hmm. about this way. Um, this one came out this way. And I'm sure there's tons of other ones that have come out like this. Well, and that's the thing too. It's becoming so easy to self-publish these days that a lot yeah. of people are skipping traditional publishing altogether, which as more and more money has kind of gone out of the book and comic market in general, yeah. companies are feeling the pressure to only release, you know, blockbuster hits. And, you know, how is an author supposed to learn how to be good at the art form if they don't have anywhere to practice? And they don't. And so I think, yeah, the the pool of like traditional track authors and stuff, I think, is getting more and more anemic. Yeah. I can and so, that. yeah, you get web pages like Royal Road or in China they have Kidon or there's this Tantosha or, you know, comics online. You know, everyone oh, yeah. is publishing in serial format, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people are getting published that wouldn't otherwise. I mean, if you go on Amazon, especially like in the lit RPG genre, there are tons and tons of books that went straight from a web novel page to a book mm-hmm. some of them very dramatic in quality <laughs> very yeah. dramatically yeah. yeah and i do think a lot of them are hurt by kind of the serial nature of their publication it takes a pretty disciplined author to publish serially each week but still have like overarching arcs that are a more traditional because well, i mean unfortunately i know how you are but like if i'm if i'm writing a story I have to really pay attention to what i'm doing otherwise i can get kind of lost in the weeds a little bit well yeah they're Let's put it this way: They're written more like a D and D campaign and less yeah. like a novel. If that makes sense, absolutely. If you're if the people who are listening to us are nerdy enough to understand the difference, yeah, there is there's <laughs> definitely a difference because one is it is very much you are being transported into this world and you're just kind of like a passenger along for the ride. If it's mm-hmm. a novel, the other one is is do I want to have people interact with my story? Yeah, like you're experiencing it week by week, bit by yeah. bit. It's meant to be consumed in small bites instead yeah. of as a complete work. That too, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I would see that a little bit. So, but it, it it's definitely, it, it was definitely a, a big surprise to me. I know, um, and I, talking about how you, I know, 
we were saying that uh, you initially saw it and found out there was a mug. You're actually the one that introduced me to this. I had forgotten completely. <laughs> yes, really? That sounds okay. good. No, no, no. You, like no, no, you did. So <laughs> and we were over at, um, where were we at? Because this came out in 2009, so we were still in. Oh, yeah, I showed you the anime. Yeah, you, know, you were you were, you were were still in med school. I think 2017 is when the original, when the anime came out, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, something like that. Yeah, I think yeah, because I think I'm pretty sure you were still in med school. It was announced in 2015. It might have been 2016 when it came yeah, out. Yeah, and you came down to vi- either came down to visit or something. Basically, we we got up, we met up a while, yeah. and then you were like, I was, you were like, hey, have you seen this? And I'm just like, no. I'm like, what is what is this? This looks like some just generic Shonen Jump thing. And I start, we started watching it. And I'm like, excuse my French. Holy fuck, this is amazing. <laughs> The first episode sets the tone for the whole like whole series, and it's just phenomenal. Even though it's basically, even though basically every episode is the same, <laughs> it it's it's a one punchline parody. If and you'll it's permit that. so great. Yes, it's I mean true. And even though it's a one note kind of thing, it, it's still it's it's unique enough that because nobody's done it, he takes all these little things. And all the Shonen Jump things, it's like, I am the strongest. You will never defeat me. And then he's just like, bing. Well, and that for me is kind of the central loop of the story, if yeah. you will. It's it's the art of the anticlimax. Yeah. It's like it, the they do such a wonderful job every episode of building things up. And so, like you mentioned, the first episode. So in the first episode, Saitama shows up and you see this guy walking heroically across the landscape to threaten this guy and this guy identifies himself as vaccine man like i'm vaccine man i was spawned from the bowels of mother earth to correct you know the plague of humanity on the earth and he goes on and on for like a good two minutes yeah it's a super muscly like exquisitely drawn guy and you're like oh man i bet this guy's gonna be the bad guy and they keep building it up and the theme song kicks in and then Boom. <laughs> just one hit and he just explodes just and like, it's just done and you're just like what 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 and you're thinking <laughs> your whole time and, and that whole season you're thinking he's gonna come back no and and that's how that whole first season goes and it's just directed beautifully like every single time there's yeah. more and more and more build up and then it always just ends with one punch i know and it gets to the point where you feel with saitama it's like where's the payoff it's just not there yeah and that's the great thing is like the whole time he's just like why is this guy talking so much? <laughs> just like you're like, I guess we're going to fight now. And he's less, just so less talky, more punchy, more fight. That's what he does, and he's just so funny to watch. But then he like, then he does like you said, he does that one punch. Mm-hmm. Obviously, just single punch to the to, to the bad guy, and then explodes. He goes, oh, maybe maybe I should have pulled back a little bit to make it last longer, or something like that. Eventually, he'll do things like that throughout the whole series, and it's great to watch. So. Well, in the Something I thought was masterfully done, which kind of goes into this same theme, is the side characters. Yeah. And so everybody has a big backstory except Saitama. Yeah. Saitama's backstory is as one note as he is. He's an <laughs> office man. He saved a kid. He's like, I'm going to be a superhero. And, and then, so he tra- he then he goes How- home and he, he trains. That's right. How does he train, James? How does he, he train? He does 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, and runs 10 kilometers every day That's for right. one year. And then his hair fell out, and he became strong. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's what I love, don't you? And, and then he is a superpowered, you know, essential god of this world. That's why I was like, I'm like, I'm like, that makes no sense. And you know, somebody's out there doing something like this, trying to do like that. Oh, I'm mean, sure someone. I'm sure someone's done the Saitama workout. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad workout, but good for him. So, but yeah, but but yeah, so he has this really, really bland, uninspired one note story but then everyone else has this incredible backstory mm-hmm. and so there's the uh the cyborg guy you meet in episode one genos genos yeah he's like the scion of this you know uh robotics professor and he's out to get revenge on yeah. you know another cyborg that and killed his parents or something and the whole season or the whole series he's constantly trying to upgrade himself so he can be strong because yes. doesn't, doesn't he try to like doesn't he spar saitama one time yes he actually like demands saitama take him as his master in the first episode so he yeah. can train him how to be a better fighter yeah yeah at one point he does spar with him <laughs> so and, saitama's like okay i'm bored yeah his advice i remember like he tries to get him to train he just makes him do errands for like a few episodes doesn't he yeah he's like well you're a cyborg so you can't train your body so you should train your mind go do my laundry or something <laughs> <laughs> like you're such a jerk i love it so, but as you go down, you have all these other characters. Yeah, like, I just listed a few that I thought were particularly yeah. amusing for me. Um, and it just goes to show some of the color they have in all these. Oh, shit, my thing I can't read. There's like Puri Puri Prisoner. 
Yeah. Who is one of the top 10 heroes of the world. He's like a, a serial rapist, I think. Ah, uh, yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. And whenever he is serious, he switches into angel mode, which means he takes all of his clothes off. Yes. And he's got really, <laughs> like, doesn't he have lipstick and, like, pretty eyes? And, yeah, it's, just it's like... It's a, your typical Japanese kind of excessively flamboyant depiction of... Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. I remember the first time I saw him, I'm like, "What? What is this?" <laughs> there's there's Silver Fang, who is yeah. one of the other principal characters. Martial arts. He's like an elderly martial arts guy. Yeah, very there's scary. a boy genius character. There's a crazy uh, psionic gal. I there's a that. crazy psionic gal. I can't remember her name, but it's one of the ones I wrote down. It's the uh, Tsukumo or something like that. Tsukumo, yeah, yeah. But my favorite one is which you, I love you have it on here. It's Speed of Sonic Sound is the yes. bicycle guy. <laughs> No, that's no, no, not no, the that, bicycle that's guy. That's Moomin. Moomin Rider is the bicycle Moomin guy. Rides, He's obviously a parody to Common Rider. Yeah. A very long-running manga series. But I love how he does. So that's why I love about one on this, on this, on this, in the series. He takes all, you said, all these little tropes from all these other little, little, like, big anime mm-hmm. things that are manga that have been going on for years. And he's just like, I'm going to put parodies of them in my show. Mm-hmm. So everybody has something to, like, kind of attach themselves yeah. to a little bit. Yeah, and so Moomin Rider is this like lowest rank. He's like a D rank hero yeah. in the Hero Association, and his superpower is he rides a bike around and he hits enemies with it. That's right, <laughs> and it's always like he rides and slides it on his bike, and then he like hits him with his bike, and he's like, "Feel my wheels of justice." It's like Moomin Smash, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. And they all have like, of course, their signature move. Yeah, and so like a. Like a typical episode, like I was thinking about the King of the Sea arc, right? Yeah. There's this monster who's come out of the sea. He's like this big merman type thing. He's the King of the Sea. And they have this big dramatic buildup. Like there's this bunker of civilians. And Mm -hmm. first, nobody's there. (laughs) And Moomin Rider shows up and he heroically fights the sea monster. He smashes him with his bike and he gets beat up. And in typical Shonen fashion, he... You know, finds the spirit of justice or something in his heart, and he gets beat up some more. <laughs> and then Genos shows up, and he gets beat up until he's like literal paste on the sidewalk. Yeah. It's the sidewalks so they tear him up in every episode. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and just when Genos thinks he's won by like overloading his reactor, it starts raining, and the monster gets double powers. Of course, because now he's not? now he's moisturized. I guess. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then once Genos is paste on the sidewalk, then Saitama walks up, and he's like, "Sorry, I'm so late. I got lost." <laughs> and the guy gives a big speech and he just punches him and the rain clears up and he's dead and it's over <laughs> and like and everyone has these moving speeches everyone yeah. has these big moments except Saitama he just punches things and he they just, die yeah it's almost like they did that with um towards the end of that season you remember the part where they go in the, into the mountain he fights um Who's the giant scarab looking bad guy? Oh, that's a Chaos Kabutops or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I couldn't remember, but I remember he was like, oh, I'm the strong. And then they do the same thing. Like mm-hmm. you said, in every single episode, he has that big long speech. And then Saida is like, I guess I'll just fight you. Does he fight him or does he fight Genos first? I can't remember. Uh, he fights the. Genos, I think, came after that arc is when Genos realized that okay. he wasn't going to get strong because that's where Saitama reveals his training regime. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I think, isn't it in that one? That was the House of Evolution arc. That's what it yeah. was called. Isn't it like Saitama basically says, he says, I guess I'm just going to, I'll do, I'll do half power to see how long you can last or something like that. And you're just like, for real, he's like, oh, I'll just use my one finger or something like that. And you're just like, and then he like accidentally overdoes it. <laughs> he does it a couple of years ago. Whoops, I didn't mean to do that. I think that. he throws a punch and misses Genos and like the entire cliff face disintegrates. Yeah, yeah. and I love, I love this little things like that. And Genos is like, oh, I could die. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I love well, about this whole anime series. And right mentioning there. the little things, I think the artwork feeds into this too, right? Oh my god! So, so Saitama, we're we gonna talk about his face. Yeah, we can talk yeah. about his face. Talk about his face. Go for it. So, so I love that. I, that's one of the first things I found about. I learned about this because I remember watching this video. And I'm like looking at everybody else's faces, typical anime drawing and things like that, and I'm like, what? What is up with Saitama's face? Because it's literally just an oval and the eyes, everything looks like, it looks like baby's first anime drawing. That's pretty much exactly how it looked in the original webcomic. Yeah. And so that I remember reading about that, like you were saying, like he said, it's in the, it's, he's like that in the webcomic and they kind of like, they're doing that to pay homage to him. Well, that too. And I think the art actually reemphasizes the joke of the story too, because Saitama's the only person who gets this treatment. He yep. gets this very flat, empty treatment. And yeah. if you notice, the only time they draw him well 
Yeah. Is when he's throwing his one punch. That's right. And so and he gets the chiseled jaw. And he's like, Rrr. and so you can tell when he's about to throw his punch because suddenly he goes from this like you know second or third oh. grade stick figure type rendition where it's just okay. a basic outline, and then suddenly he gets this well defined superhero physique yeah. and drawing. <laughs> the theme music kicks in, and you're like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. And then he throws his punch, and ten seconds later, he's back to the same dopey yeah. bald guy look. It's just like thin and flat. And he's like. What, what's going on here? It's well, just like, I love it. <laughs> it just, it's, just, I think the artwork throws into sharp relief the one dimensionality of his character. It's, so, yeah. it's, it's the same joke as the manga itself. Like mm-hmm. the, the the parody of Shonen it does yep. is being echoed in the artwork, and I think it's just genius. <laughs> what's a great thing about it too is it's like a lot of a lot of anime, you know, they take themselves a little too seriously sometimes, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like, oh, I want to have this. You know, the, the, the shoujin thing where it's like, oh, it's like, there has to be a lesson. We're going to become stronger and it's going to become great. And that's what, like, but this, like you said. There's just, not one. There's not one. There's no lesson to be learned here other than, you know, you know, there's not, well, I mean, really, there's not even a lesson that, that I can think there's of. There's no honestly. power of friendship. There's no, no we're stronger together. There's well, Because he never even, even with, like, with, even with uh, Genos, he really doesn't even treat him like a friend. I mean, the closest thing you have is, like, in season two when he meets the other, like, top or mm-hmm. quote unquote top hero, the S ring heroes, yeah. And the one guy that sits there and plays video games all day, but he's oh, actually king. like a, yes. king, and he's just a big scaredy cat that just has no powers. Yeah, so we'll talk lucky. about king. King yeah. is like he's the number six ranked S rank hero, yeah. and he's you know the most feared hero in the world, and his name is King, and he's got this big scar on his yeah. face, and everyone is terrified of this guy. Uh-huh. They say he's got the king engine that fires up whenever he's about to use his powers. And yep. this is rumbling sound you can hear near him, but he has no powers. Yeah, and somehow he's lasted this long and nobody's figured it out. I he shows it. up and people just surrender when he shows up because he's so terrifying. Yep. That's what I love about him. It's like, <laughs> do you remember the one time where somebody was just like saying, they're like, I'm going to fight him. And King kind of like starts to sweat a little bit. But then Saitma <laughs> comes up and goes, he's just like, Oh, do you want me to handle this? And King's like, well, I don't want to get in your way, kind of thing. And he's just like, let's him do it. <laughs> and it's like, that's the kind of thing I love. And, he's just, and then he just like, when Saima, after Saima destroys the bad guy, he turns around and King's just gone. It's just, just gone. And I'm just like, what is that? And then of course Saima's like, wow, he's so he's so strong. I didn't even hear him leave. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like completely, not really oblivious. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. So. No, it's great. <laughs> but yeah, so so King is really the only one. He kind of gets a, I guess, in season two, it's that's where you Silver you, Fang and King. I think are the two he really like connects with the most. In, but. in season two, but you know, yeah, with 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 King, he just literally sits there and plays video games with them all the time, mm-hmm. and then. It's just funny that they, they kind of have a little bit of a rivalry on this game. They're like, I can get the high score. I can get the high score. That's really what it comes down to. But it's it's funny. And I don't yeah. know how many times, like, Sightmog gets pissed off and, like, breaks his controllers and things <laughs> like that. And I'm just like, this is phenomenal. Yeah. And I love, and it's love this, like, there's one episode, I think it is, where it's literally the whole city is getting destroyed and none of the other heroes can stop it. Because but but Saitma could probably stop it, but he's in there playing video games with King the whole time. You remember that one? It's like it's like the sat third or fourth episode in season two. Was that the meteor episode? I be, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, and all it took was him to hit it hit it once and it exploded in all tiny little fragments, yes. and it was all okay. And I was just like, "What is this? What?" Is but like it's that same kind of thing. I guess it's it's the art of the anticlimax. Like it has so it has great. a build up like every other shonen show yeah. ever does, but that it just doesn't happen. And at first, you feel kind of violated. You're like, I didn't, what happened? Like, there wasn't the payoff. What happened? Why is my big emotional speech? <laughs> and then they do it the same thing the next episode, and the same thing the next episode. And you're thinking, like, they're going to change this at some point. And they're like, no. And that's the best part is the longer it goes on, the funnier it gets. <laughs> I know. It's, that's what I love about the show. I and mean, honestly, though, too, let's go, go well, on. I do think season two was a little weaker, but. It, it was, and I think that was mainly because they didn't. I don't think they anticipated the amount of recept- hype from it well, the first season. Frankly, I think the problem was that they changed directors. Is what happened. Oh, they did. I don't even know. Yeah, that. they changed directors. So anyway, the we talked about the original web comic, yeah. published by the guy called One in two thousand nine on Atosha. Yeah. Uh, it, the remake was a manga. It was illustrated by a guy called Yusuke Murata. And there's actually a funny story with this, is that the original author had expressed some interest in doing a remake that was, you know, much better quality than his oh, original yeah. one. 
because this original web page that he did was way, way more popular than he had expected. And he thought, you know, maybe something can really happen with this. So he had kind of reached out to see if anyone wanted to do this. And there is this author called Yusuke Murata. I think he did uh, Try God or something else, too. Oh, he, wow. He, he's done a couple of projects before this. And apparently he was deathly ill in the hospital at the time with, like, multiple organ failure. She made Christmas. And he told reporters once, and I, and I quote here, Ah, I guess people die just like that. If I'm going to die, I want to do something I really love to do. I want to draw manga with Mr. One. That's what I thought. That's great. That's a, and gr- so that's a great quote. he reached out to One about redrawing his manga, and the guy was thrilled. And so Yusuke used his connections with Shonen Jump and got them a serial. That's great. And so they started, like, in June 14th, 2012 was when that started. So that that's a really kind of a cool idea, though, that, that he... He was, he was essentially, it turned out he got, got better, but he thought he was on his deathbed. And what he wanted to do was do this comic that apparently he just had a real genuine love for at the time, which if you've ever looked at the original, the manga adaptation, mm-hmm. it is gorgeous. Well, I mean, it's yeah. really, really nice. I think, I think I've seen, I think I, I got through the first, uh, I think it was a volume, the first volume they yeah. had. And, and, and like you said, even if you watch the anime, there is a significant difference in the art style, because obviously... You can do a lot more with with panels, I suppose. What you can do with each frames and you know, mm-hmm. in an anime things like that. The, the amount of detail that they put into some of this stuff is just mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, the anime is gorgeous as well. I think yeah. you, we can say without a doubt the art is well above average oh, for yeah. anime in One Punch Man. And that's what I'm starting to notice. The music, I think, is about average. It's, yeah. it's got a great kind of rock to metal-ish kind of thing going on. So have you, especially the opening number. The opening number. One Punch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what is this? Have you, I'm sure that's what I think you showed me the... Uh, I think you showed me the music video for him, and it's these just it's just you can tell that the lead singer guy is probably in his like mid to late you know thirties probably mm-hmm. almost. 40s, well, I think maybe. the video you're thinking of was Jonathan Colton's English rendition. No, 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 it was the that actually. Oh, I showed oh I showed you the Japanese one. Yeah, yeah, you showed me the Japanese one where it's it's a whole band of uh, mm-hmm. people and like. He's an older, obviously an older rock star guy, and the mm-hmm. rest of the band are like significantly like ten years younger than him. You can tell, <laughs> you can tell this guy's just like I've got the voice, but I'm gonna get all these younger guys to do the band for me, and then mm-hmm. it, it's great. It, it plays great. If you guys haven't uh, got a chance, I'm trying to remember what the name of the band is, but they do. They did a. It was a great opening theme. It's one of the better ones. Yeah, I've one Punch Man's opening theme is amazing. Well, it gets you hyped and it gets you going, and then, like you said, you're thinking, "Man, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be so much fighting." And it's and it's not. not. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it just all it all rolls together. Yeah, but mentioning we did mention since I already mentioned it, Jonathan Colton's English rendition is actually really good. I don't, I don't know. I think I've actually I might have seen it, but I just don't. He's remember. a YouTube guy. He does a lot of English renditions of anime songs. He does like some metal Disney covers. Honestly, most of his stuff is pretty blah. But this one, I think, was just right up his alley. It was perfect. It, it's really nice. Yeah, well, like everything, man. Sometimes it just sometimes it just, it just hit, hit it. So, um, but this is the anime was announced on the 15th issue of the Weekly Young Jump in March 2015. Mm -hmm. The first season was directed by Shingo Natsume at Madhouse Animation Studio. And you might have heard of Madhouse before. They did things like Trigun, Gungrave, Death Note, Black Lagoon, more recently Overlord. Yeah. Some of the top anime of the last couple decades has come out of this studio. Overlord's my jam right now. I actually started watching (laughs) season three... With probably about six months ago when I got distracted, of course, with everything else, like I always do. Season three is pretty good. Yeah, and that's after he kind of like settles into it. So that the premise on that one is pretty cool, actually. With people, um, this guy gets trapped in an, an RP an online RPG and basically becomes the Overlord in it. It's pretty interesting. So if you guys mm-hmm. check it out, like this, this, and all those other titles like Gungrave, uh, Trigon, especially I like Trigon a lot, and Black Lagoon, um, Death Note. Uh, I think it's gotten a bad rap recently, but the original anime is pretty good, actually. So the original anime for Death Note is pretty good. The manga is par excellence. Yes. Um, I, if you haven't checked out Death Note, it's worth doing. But you, you really might consider just reading the manga for that one. It's it's a little bit better. Not that the anime is bad, but the manga is a lot better. Absolutely. So, but yeah, that's a, but that's a try. But Trigun, yeah. with the Trigun Gungrave and Black Lagoon. Oh, Trigons, Trigons are our our bread and butter when we were growing up. I remember you showing me that whenever I was younger. That was <laughs> on that the was tsunami. One, that was one of the best. 
I know. I mean, what's up the love of man about a man with a giant cross that like have, it turns into a giant gun? I mean, come on. Exactly. What is not what is not to like? So the reception wise, I mean, it, from what I remember, it was amazing. It was pretty well. They said the web comic got an inordinate amount of success right after its reception. Within weeks, it had received thousands of views and comments on a web page where 30 comments a chapter was considered highly successful. Yep. They said by June 2012, by when the manga was getting remade, it was up to like 7.9 million hits. Which that's a that's a I mean for a lot of even for Japan, which has an enormous an enormous amount of uh, uh, web website traffic because mm-hmm. they're a little bit more tech heavy over than than we are. I mean we're slowly getting there, but they're a lot more integrated. But and they do a lot more of these message boards and things like mm-hmm. that than we do. That's a lot. That is a that is an obscene amount, especially for just one that's single obscene. Comic. And like I said, and for a, just a your typical serial webcomic type site, that's ridiculous. I know. That's... Uh, the manga won the Sugui Award in 2017 in Japan. Sugui's pretty big. That's a pretty big. I was looking up that. That's a pretty big uh, anime award or not anime manga award actually for, it is. for the for the for the. Uh, Wow, what am I thinking of for for the uh, medium that they're using? Exactly, and by April 2020, there's more than 30 million copies of the manga sold. Yeah. I think they're out to like 23 volumes right now. Yep. So, if and you... even in the United States, and this is something I'd never even heard of before, it was on the U.S. Uh, Times Magazine bestseller list for uh, oh 71 consecutive weeks. Yep. It was on the bestseller list as a manga, which, which in the United States, I mean, which, that's ridiculous. So that's the great thing. Like I said, so we're going to do a little history here, just off the top of my head. Ever since, like I said, ever since you know World War II and our our countries have basically melt, kind of like started integrating our cultures. Mm-hmm. Dude, I I I think it's probably one of the best things that could ever happen to to us because we are basically our two cultures have exchanged so much, mm-hmm. even though we're like essentially you know, a giant sea apart, you know, we get, and, and on top of with the, especially with the age of information that's come across, mm-hmm. it's so easy to get a hold of this stuff. It's, it's so much, it's so it great. Is. And it, it's kind of opened your mind to all these uh, different anime properties that people mm-hmm. would never get, especially with like, like with Toonami bringing it, starting bringing it over. And then now oh, just yeah. the simple, just the internet, your the access that we have nowadays, mm-hmm. you can literally, you could probably, if you guys want to, you can order all set over 30, well, 23, 23 uh, uh, volumes if you want. You could order an Amazon and have it at your house in two days. Exactly. And I might actually do that. So <laughs> I love this, this anime. Or this it's manga. really good. So, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's like I said, that's, that's one of those great things that I love about, you know, um, you know, the internet nowadays. It's you trust me guys. It's if you guys are younger, you will not understand the kind of the, 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 the hardships we went through when we were like, <laughs> I don't know, like trying to find information on the internet was like pulling teeth. You really had to like search around for stuff. But nowadays it's literally like, so I remember back when I was a kid in high school, trying to read manga in English especially something that hadn't been serialized in the U.S. I don't know if you remember this part of it back yeah. in the day. You used to have to go online. You'd find a Yahoo group, yeah. which were usually members only, that had the manga that you wanted to read. And you mm-hmm. would request membership in this Yahoo group. Then you could read that manga. Yeah, like, and most the, groups only did a single manga. Yeah, yeah. it's usually, yeah, they, by the time, it was either like Dragon Ball or Gundam. That's how or, I read Helsing back in the day. Yeah. Some of the some of the lesser known ones, but and even then, it was like if they did that, it was the English translation. I remember this; it wasn't perfect because a lot of those it'd be like one or two people in that group mm-hmm. would have either know somebody that was did the translation, and there was just you know a side thing they did for yeah. fun. It's it's the old scanlations. I mean, people would Absolutely. scan them up, they translate them. If you were lucky, they had a high quality scanner. Most people didn't. Not then, no. <laughs> Not in two thousands, no. <laughs> Early two thousands. <2000s. laughs> And uh, if you're lucky, you had someone who knew what the hell they were doing. I mean, it's uh, we've come a long way. And it's just it's going off that like nowadays they almost pre-plan for that. They they assume that they were like, hey, the Amer- the the U.S. market is such a big market nowadays. Like with this, once they started doing a manga, they're like, well, we're gonna we're gonna send this over to the mm-hmm. U.S. You know, but even before then, it, I'm sure there are people that were translating this on 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 the web comic during the serial days. But I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, these days, if you get like on Funimation on their simulcasts, they'll have the Japanese stuff 
a, a Japanese with English subtitles up the same day. Yeah. And they'll have a English dub up within a month. Which is, that's why uh, I released, ep- released episode by episode. It's amazing. Well, they know they know their market because was it like it's like seventy percent of the world can it speaks English, mm-hmm. or at least even if it's a second language, they can they they know that it's they can they can market it to other people in other countries. It's, it's the modern universal language, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I love about it is because then they're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna try and push this out as much as we can, and I'm like, please God, just just give me all the anime <laughs> and manga that you can. So whenever I whenever I get a chance, but. But yeah, that's one of those really nice things that they've been doing recently in the like, especially they've really mm-hmm. kicked in the gear in the last what five, ten years probably. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, they've really started pushing in and pushing in. But um, so obviously we were talking about how how he, he's they've really kind of made it more accessible and everything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So and they they really um, what's the word I'm looking for? This they they truly they 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 made it they made the manga accessible and now they're they're kind of doing they 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 greenlit the anime which we talked yeah, about so a little bit. The anime came out uh it, the first season of the anime had general critical acclaim. I haven't talked to a single person who didn't like it to be honest. I think it had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. That's the critical consensus, mind you. I've never seen that before on anything. <laughs> um it, it was just a blockbuster hit. Uh the second season not nearly as well received. Yeah, it's pretty much mixed reviews across the board. There, were, like I said, there was a change of directors. Almost the entire staff got changed over midway, which is why we waited two years for the second season. And that was even before COVID. So. It also fell into kind of a weird part of the storyline for the manga. If you've read any of the manga, you'll know that the story arc coming up next is a lot better than the one they finished on in the season. Yeah. So a lot of people have thought, well, you could have cut out an episode or two or filler from this season and start into the next story arc and had a much more satisfying story. I think they were right about that. But it's generally, mean, just poor quality all around. Well, you know, it's I can see where they're coming from a little bit because they probably were like, hey, you know, we wanna we wanna have a, an amazing second season because the first one was just I remember like you said. I watched the first season three separate times because I mm-hmm. loved it so much. And then I only watched the second season once because I was like, eh. Yeah, and I think what happened was it just taken so long to get out that they just wanted to push it out before yeah. people forgot about it. Yeah. No game, no life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still want I still want I'm, I hope and dream. But anyway. No, it'll never happen. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't be like that. All right, fine. It might happen. There's a 1% chance it might happen. I that will. Better? And that's 100% in my book. God, you're such a... Dork. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, we'll do a podcast on no game, no life one of these days. <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, so they they then once the, once they got the second season out, it really wasn't as well received. I know they kind of pulled back, especially with um, COVID going on, and I think they kind of reassessed a little bit to try and I think to try and hopefully make the third season, which I think is slated in 2022. I think it's what they're looking at. I was looking this morning and they mentioned in 2019 in an episode of the manga and also on their official uh, Twitter account that it was confirmed it was going to happen, but nothing has come out since then. Well, I... So fans, big fans are hoping that they're going back to the original director and that's who everything's waiting on. But we haven't heard anything yet on that line of things. Uh, Sony bought the rights to yeah. a live action production, though. You which, know, you know how I feel about live action productions. So, so in general, anime live action productions are cringely terrible. Hey, hey, I love Scarlett Johansson's Ghost in the Shell. You leave her alone. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with the Scarlett Johansson part of it. We'll put it that way. <laughs> but uh, true, true. But yeah. Since it is being done by Sony, fingers crossed, maybe it's a little bit better, but they announced that in April 2020, and you might recognize the guys who are writing the adaptations, Scott Josenberg and Jeff Pinkerton. Oh, wow. Okay. Those are the guys who did Venom, which yeah. everyone really received well in the new two Jumanji movies as well. So I like so I so is, I don't know if you've seen the new two the two Jumanji movies. I, to be honest, I didn't write I didn't watch them, but they uh, So even though you are uh, they're obviously very much like kid movies and things like that, mm-hmm. the 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 character play on the Rock's character and mm-hmm. um, uh, Kevin Hart's character yeah. is 
phenomenal. They ma- they make that movie. They, okay. they even though Jack Black and um, Karen Gillan, I think it's who mm-hmm. she is, the redheaded gal. Uh, she's British, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, those two, they they're, they're good support characters. Um, but The Rock and Kevin Hart in that movie, they make that movie. They're hilarious. If you've simply watched just the first two movie or the two movies simply for those two characters. Mm-hmm. It's great. Which I do have to say, The Rock has become quite the actor. I have to. So we, I was talking with um, uh, Vito and uh, not Vito. Um, he's come a long way since the Scorpion King. We'll put it that way. Yeah, actually, fun fact: he's actually financing a remake of the Scorpion King. Thank God. I don't. I don't know if he's going to be in it though. So that'll be great. I want to. I want to see how it goes. So I was talking with a. Uh, um, you know the, the. I was talking with some guys on the series or the the uh, comic sauce podcast a while a little while ago, mm-hmm. and they were saying I was telling them um, I'm super excited about talking about the Rock. I'm super excited about the. Um, uh, the uh, Black Adam movie that's supposed to be coming out. So it's it's he's kind of be ho- so the premise is it's a Shazam villain essentially, okay. and it's supposed to be set in ancient Egypt is what it is. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he has all the same powers as Shazam. The problem is he takes them from the wizard and makes them his own. That's oh. kind of the whole thing. Yeah. And he kind of has this authoritarian kind of streak in him. Mm-hmm. Like in, in the DC comics, he comes back. Uh, and he actually be- creates his own country. Basically, it goes to oh he goes into Egypt and basically is like, "This is where my country was. I own it now. What are you going to do about it?" And they're <laughs> like, "Uh." So yeah, that's essentially the kind of person he is. Yeah. So he's basically he's, he's definitely a bad guy. So I, I I am very much super into seeing how he does with this because everything he's done so far I've loved. So I think it'll be good. It'll be fun to watch. And like I said, even with and that's why I said that's why I always suggest you know with these two actors the it's and, and Venom especially it's more about the dialogue these these mm-hmm. kids these uh these two guys have written and it's a lot. I think it's just very good bouncing back and forth, especially with the, with all the characters they have, and it's not so much about the story development because you can kind of see all the, the all the, the mm-hmm. ba- all the the plot points coming a mile away really you know us being as old we are but yeah it'll be interesting to see because i i don't know how you feel about like you said with with live action anime but i i have yet to see one that i was really happy with i know um the only one i've gotten the death note one is so cringely bad that it it's almost bad. it's almost good in some points it's so bad so that is why watching the kid who plays l eat mountains of candy to the point where I'm told he literally became sick on set several times. I sure did. Was deeply amusing to me. The rest of it was pretty terrible, especially the uh, the Shinigami were just bad. Yeah, they were really bad. I that's I think that's what really kind of pushed. I don't know if you heard me getting like kind of getting a little pissed off in Death Note earlier, but I think it's what really turned me off of it because I had started watching the anime, and I think when I watched the movie, because that was one of the Netflix's per, first yeah. big live action pushes, which. Like you said, the 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 CGI is, is okay in it, but man, it's just it's it's so cringy in points. It's very very bad. Well, and there was the the Full Metal Alchemist one they did on Netflix too. I really I wanted even, to like. I don't even remember that. It, it got released straight to Netflix. It's higher quality than the Death Note one, but it doesn't. Oh, that's the one where it was it was it was made by a Japanese company. Yeah, it just ever. it doesn't get past the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Like you can see where it's better, but it's not good enough that it feels like a quality movie. Yeah, and I think that's just part of the thing is like the anime style just doesn't lend itself very well to real world stuff. Like the way the characters are drawn up, the way the hair and the art and the fights are drawn, it's just hard to replicate. And it looks very unrealistic in some well, stuff, and I, especially in- this is going to be kind of strange to say it. I think the most anime movie I've ever seen was probably The Matrix. <laughs> Yeah, I can Where it really worked for them as an art style. So that's a really cool thing. I'm sorry, like kind of going off that a little bit. The Animatrix, you remember that one? Yes. That's, they did a whole, that was the in-between movie between one and two where they did all those. Yes. They basically picked up all these different animators and they were like, hey, we're going to make a, a, a anime style. Of shorts, yeah. A bunch of different shorts that are like maybe like 10 minutes tops. Which is really meta because the... Wachowski brothers took a lot of inspiration from anime films and the way they shot the original yeah. Matrix movie. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of I'm hoping they're they're coming out with this fourth one. I kind of hope that the, I think it's only one. It's the one that had a sex change. I can't remember. It's it's one of them. They're mm. they're she's going to be uh, doing it. I cannot remember her okay. name. Okay, 
but anyways, she's going to be the only one directing it. So it's only one of two of the siblings that are doing it now, but it's, I'm, I'm hoping that the, they keep to that style. Yes. I loved the first one and the second, and the third one were like eh, a little bit. I enjoyed the whole matrix trilogy. I, I'm not going to say I was a big fan of the way it ended. Yeah. It's very messiahs. It's very messianic, but yeah. also the whole the whole series of movies taken as a whole is this series of choices between predestination yeah. and freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's even borne out in the music to a large extent, too. Very which, much, yeah. by the way, if you haven't seen it, there's a YouTube guy called Sideways who does music theory criticism, and he wrote a pretty awesome Matrix okay. one as well. A little but, or... It's not a criticism. It's just an explanation of how the music in its musical style reflects what's going on in the story. It's actually a pretty cool soundtrack, oh, cool. which, to be honest, I did not pick up on any of this. But my wife, who's a music major, was nodding along like, yeah, that's true. This is totally <laughs> <true>. <laughs> like, sounds familiar. That's why. That's why we're in. A, we're so, we're in social sciences or medical sciences, and not uh, music theory because we don't have the brain power for that. So yeah, I'm like notes sound good when you put them together. That's right. Ding, ding, ding. I like it when the horns are in tune. That's right. They sound party. My banjo's in tune. We will. Anyway, so but don't yeah, make, that's, don't make fun of the banjos. It's not cool. Hey, I'll duel. <laughs> um, we can make fun of things. That's like our that's that's like our our, our state's national instrument almost. So we're close to it. So, uh, but yeah, but so like you said, it, it's it's interesting to see if I'm interested to see if they're going to do an excellent job with the adaptation with the live adap- adaptation. And depends on who gets a hold of it. Um, is like, do you think it's going to be straight to TV or straight to uh, like uh, theaters, or do you think Netflix is going to get a hold of it? Did it say anything like that? It just said that Sony was producing it, so I don't know. Well, then where. if that's it, could be go to anything. I mean, well, if that's the case, it's probably not going to go to Netflix. Probably not. One Punch Man, I think, as an IP, has been popular enough that it could go straight to theaters, but it would need to be much higher quality than is common for a man anime movie. Which honestly, if it was good enough to go out and it could be like a death pool type, you know, this is a superhero yeah, comedy like, show. That would be amazing. Which it'd be that kind of going off that a little bit. You're, you know, saying how things but, are able to, they're able to adapt like stories into our comics or manga into live action thing or anime. Even it seems like, I don't know, maybe superhero books or comic books have been able to do that a little bit better. Than, they have done really well with that. And yeah, I, the thing I just struggle with with One Punch Man is how is the the kind of the anticlimactic way of telling stories going to work with a movie? Yeah, because part of that, like we were talking about before, like with the build up and then the lack of payoff, you know, that anticlimax is kind of that's the joke and that's yeah. the how many times can you punch that through in a single movie? Before exactly, because like, in your typical anime episode, that gets punched through two, maybe three times per episode. Yeah, you get that build up and then the anticlimax. And I just don't know how that will fit into, like, say, an hour and a half, two-hour movie frame. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a good enough writer to to be able to say whether that's possible or not. Someone I, clearly thinks it is. I might be able to. I, I'll be honest with you. Depending on how it is, I might. I'll probably watch it either way. Depending on, like, I, I think it would. So I think the behoove them kind of like they're doing with Cowboy Bebop is they're going to hopefully do it in serialized, uh, episodic yeah, thing which is which I'm actually really hopeful though for the Cowboy Bebop one. Mm-hmm. It's for the simple fact that even though it's going to be live action and, and in its, but it's going to also be like you said, like I said, serialized. And I kind of hope they don't make it too anime. I think they're going to try and walk that line. I think Netflix has learned a few of their mistakes. I think Cowboy Bebop would suit itself very well to a live action adaptation, though, because. It's got that kind of gritty space opera feel to it mm-hmm. in its themes and in its you know characterizations. It's definitely among the most Western. And uh, it's just, I think it would work. The, like, the characters aren't too outlandish. The themes they're doing are fine. The fight scenes are very grounded. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take you know tons and tons of CG and makeup to make it work. I think that would be able to work really well, and it's honestly one of the best-selling Western, or best-selling animes of all time in the Western audience. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mostly because its themes are so Western to start with, I think. Well, very much so, and because it's very, like you said, it's got that gun gunslinger kind of uh, a little bit of mafia in there. Um, 
but at the same time, it's got that really heavy like jazz theme to it too, which I love. Plus, I mean, corgis. I mean, yeah, I know you guys have a corgi, and you love your corgi. So I don't have a you know, your mom, and, your mom and dad corgi. So and yeah, that dog is is deaf. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> poor bastard. So, but but yeah. So before we head out, um, is there anything else? that you are looking forward to in the next year or so. Just kind of, we'll just kind of like shoot a few things off. Oh, um, Promised Neverland season two is coming yeah. out. You want to go super like depressed? You, you want to go super depressed on us, right? I mean, Depressing Attack it. on Titan season four. Wait, sorry, that's not any better. Is it? it's, it's getting close. <laughs> it's definitely, it's like here, like the Promised Neverland is like very bottom, like super depressing. This is like one step up. Okay. Season two of RE0 is okay. been, came out this year already, but the, uh, the dub should be coming out sometime in 2021. That's something I'm looking forward to. That's a little less depressing. Yeah, definitely a little bit less depressing. So, but I know, um, I know we talked about it earlier. Uh, the main thing, I'm not as much of an anime head as you are, but I know uh, my wife kind of keeps me on track with these kind of things. Uh, Promise, not Promise Neverland, uh, Made in Abyss, Abyss Season 2 hopefully will be coming out here fingers crossed i know i don't like, know if it's like gonna get said the main, like we said in the main abyss episode it's like <laughs> i know they're working on it i know they're working on it i hope they get out get it out in time but i think most of what i'm looking forward to right now is a lot of the uh live action like and marvel things mm -hmm. um that's kind of what i'm looking forward to because i don't know about you but I, they're just hitting on all cylinders mm -hmm. i don't know if you have you I gave you my Disney Plus account. Yeah, yeah. I? Okay, so like I said, if, if, if you ever get a chance, check out some of their stuff because they're getting ready to come out with um, uh, WandaVision. It's actually pretty cool. It's got okay. uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, the uh, Vision. Mm -hmm. They're like set in this weird like trapped bubble mm -hmm. and then uh, they try to get out, out of it. And, but it's like the decades kind of go through. Oh. It is, if you get a chance, look at the, look at the trailer. Check it's, it out, yeah. It's fun. And then um, there's actually an animated Marvel one they're doing. It's called What Ifs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen me read those at all. I haven't seen you read the what ifs, no. So it's basically like uh, alternate uh, alternate timelines or Elseworld kind of things. Yeah. It, that's what they're, they're going to they're gonna make animated series like what if Marvel Twilight Zone. Like here, gotcha. what if Black Panther got Captain Marvel's mm -hmm. uh, powers or what if, uh, what if, uh, uh, here's a really dumb one that they did way back in the day. What if Spider-Man became part of the Fantastic Four? That was, Ooh. that was the first, well, they, Not... did, they, did, they ended up doing that in, in the, in the comics, but like the first, episode, the first one they ever did was like 1967 or mm -hmm. something like that. And that's like the first one they're like, Spidey joins the Fantastic Four. What happens here? I'm just like, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, they did do this, but you know, whatever, you know, so that's, <laughs> I'm looking forward to those kind of things. Hopefully in the next couple of years, are there any, is there anything like on the video game front, Yeah, video games, burning crusade classic. I, I'm not sure if I really want to play it or not, to be honest. Such a wow head. Well, really. I'm kind of getting burnt out to be honest. Finally, but, okay. <laughs> Yeah. I've been burnt out for a little okay. while, you, but you, I've, you I've kept I've kept powering through because everyone else is still having fun. So it's like, yeah, it's not well, bad. You just go to Hades and you can get burnt when you go to uh, not the Elysium level. You can go to the, the, the sticks <laughs> the level and just run into lava. Yes, Hades is great. I'm hoping to hear something about Diablo Four. Oh my god! When when BlizzCon happens this spring, I'm really hoping for a release this year. I don't know. If they do that, I will totally. We can do some multiplayer runs. I will actually. That's one of those games that I will buy, and we will. We can sit in and we can do some. Uh, we can. We, gray, we, we can, can do some raids. Together. That'd be awesome. I know, and then and then we can bring everybody else in with us. We can once we've got all the great gear. We'll be like, hey, if you want to borrow some stones of Jordan, I got, I got right, extra. Man. I got extras. Hey, my my Haradra cube. I can totally make them for you, bro. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, you, I, need, you need a rune word? I guess. I think the people we're gonna have problem trouble with bringing in was probably Zach or Tara, probably because I think they are like super into WoW right now. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know what was it? Uh, Shana just bought. Uh, yeah, they just got Shana a subscription too, so. Well, she's gonna. She, she's never played before, from what I remember. And so she's it's gonna brand get, new for her. Brand new for well, pretty new for Tara. Uh, it was new for Kelly. Wow. Well, so so Shane is gonna. She's gonna ride that high. She's got the the high of wow right now until she's gonna be an old user and she's like, I just don't get the same high anymore. I gotta get that new piece of gear. Well, and that was kind of where I was at for me. Like I I got back up to level sixty and I I raided a little bit. And I'm like, oh man, I should totally get on the current uh, retail version and play that. And I'm like, wait a minute, James, you told yourself you wouldn't do this. We're That's done. right. We're done. You got to back off. We're, That's we're right. Stopping now. I just need. I just need. To, I just need a fix. Come on, <laughs> Mr. Blizzard. Come on. 
Anyways. Uh, yeah, hoping for news about Diablo 4, Subnautica Sub-Zero yes. should be final release this spring. Yep. I've been looking forward to that immensely. Well, because I, I'm got, I hope you are, because I totally got it for you. And I know, you me. went and bought the game for me for Christmas, and it's been a tremendous act of self-control. I know. It's sitting there downloaded on my Steam account. I simply did it just so that I knew you would have it, because I didn't want you to like go <laughs> off and, and buy it and not... like Because that's hopefully we can end up playing it and I actually have, do an episode. I have actually it, so. booted it up a couple times, and I had to close it. I'm like, right, I, I've been like waiting the, for a year. I can keep waiting now. The start screen is so pretty. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I could be your dealer, too, if you want me to, so... But no, yeah, so I, I am looking forward to, so there's a couple things I'm actually looking forward to. Um, uh, Deathloop is actually one. It's, uh, right now, it's a, it's a, it's a Arcane Studios. So the guys okay. that did um, Dishonored and um, they kind of worked with uh, uh, Bethesda a little bit. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's, it's about a, a, a mercenary guy that has to go in and try to kill specific people. But every time he dies, he just kind of goes back and kind of, you know, relives his death loop over and over oh, again. like a perfect run type of thing. Kind of, kind yeah. of thing. And, it, and it's fun. So, but, but at the same time, there's another person that does the same thing that's a character in the game that has, is trying to kill you to stop you to do it. Uh, so, and I think there's probably a little bit more to it, but... That sounds really cool. It's very style, stylized. Um, if you get a chance to look it up, look up the trailer. It's it's pretty fun. Um, I'm looking for that. Obviously, Diablo 4. <laughs> that, was yes. the big, that was the big thing, because honestly, whenever they're like, you can play Diablo on mobile for Diablo Mobile, I was like, piss off. Give me Diablo 4. I don't want this mobile bullshit. Oh, did you watch the press release for that? No, oh, no, no, no. You, you should pull it up on YouTube at some point. The press release for when they, they got everyone in at BlizzCon. They're talking about the new Diablo game, and they announced that it was going to be a Diablo mobile game. The amount of booze in that stadium. <laughs> the, the salt is food for my soul. And the developer is even like, you can tell he's surprised that he's getting a poor reception. He's up at the mic like, what, you guys don't like mobile games? <laughs> and they're just booing him. They're like, PC Master Race, motherfucker. I'm like, this is Diablo. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you guys? Give me a mouse and keyboard, man. Come on. I mean, this is Blizzard. It's like, fuck off. Yeah, it's exactly what I said. You know, yeah, that, that was the same exact This is like, like when the director for World of Warcraft told the fans that they didn't want WoW Classic because, quote, they don't know what they actually want, and he got booed off the stage, too, uh, for that yeah. one. Like, <laughs> how, how big are your balls whenever you come out on a stage and want to say something like that to your fans, of all people? I mean, it's like, this is BlizzCon. This is, like, one of the, like, longest, most dedicated fan bases. I mean, have you just have you even just watched the cosplay contest for BlizzCon? So, yeah. I mean, hundreds of the most phenomenal people who do that in the world yeah. every year. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. So like, going off that a little bit, I know we were, we were really going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I know we're feeling time here, but there was a, the guy that actually did the, uh, that, which was at the, the, the gamer that mm-hmm. which cannot be killed. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think he just passed away. I, I saw that there was a tremendous outpouring on Reddit. RIP for him, man. But he, I, I just for some, uh, for, for nostalgia's sake, I went back and watched his, uh, his stage performance. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. He did such a great job with the shaved head. Yeah. And the the South Park episode was make love, not Warcraft. Make love, not Warcraft. So yeah, if you guys <laughs> like that kind of stuff, check them out. It's, it's a great, it's an episode that I literally got Blizzard to let them do. Like, it was like, it's like 80% of it is actually in game that they let them do these, the models and things like that. It's phenomenal. But the, the bad guy is this typical, like, neckbeard computer guy. Yeah. Who's like laying back in his chair eating Cheetos with one hand and playing with the other. And yeah, like this guy, this up. guy did like a cosplay rendition where he like, you know, had a desk and stuff strapped yeah. to himself. And oh, it's so perfect. It was, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal to watch him do it. But yeah. So yeah, like I said, it's 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 one of those things that I don't know if Blizzard is ever gonna, I don't know. Ever since they got acquired by Activision, I don't know if they're ever gonna pull back from it. So, but but yeah, those are the two big things that I'm looking for mm-hmm. for this year. I'm sure there will be a lots of lots of other little things that I pick up along yeah. the way. Yeah, so. Finger- last thing I would say is fingers crossed about Breath of the Wild two. Yeah, Nintendo announced it a couple of years ago as a trailer, and we haven't heard anything else yet. But. 
the way Nintendo has been acting lately is they haven't been announcing their games till like two months before they release. So which is which is fine. I think they're doing. That I wouldn't mainly. be surprised if we get it this winter. Is what I'm thinking. I I think they're doing that mainly because of everything with the virus going on. They don't want to like have people start to get pissed off, and plus that way it's a little bit less of a, of a wait time for people. Well, I think even before the virus too, I think they've just seen too many games suffer from overhype and tight yeah. deadlines and. Let's face it, Nintendo's hardware is not the best in the no. world right now, and what they're making their money off of is their phenomenal IPs. Yeah. And so I think they're making a smart decision, and they're taking their time and polishing their games, and that means they don't have a hard release date. Nope. I'm okay with that. I but really it also am. means we're not going to get a No Man's Sky. Uh, or a, a, a Cyberpunk 2077. No, <laughs> so I'm going to jab at the, 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 the or the, uh, the, was it the red, the, the cardinal in the room, as yeah. it were, CD Projekt Red. So, so I love those guys to death, but man, they, I'm going to give it like at least four or five months before I get that game, I think. From what it sounds like, the PC version is perfectly playable. Yeah. It sounds like if you are lucky enough to already have a next gen console, like a PS5 or whatever, that it works phenomenally well on that. But those the old consoles, like it's definitely like the PS4 and the Xbox One. It's just, hey, I've heard it's just not. It just well, wasn't made for they it. They just, frankly, shouldn't have released it for those for those systems. Well, that's the thing. It's like I think it was just a perfect storm. It's like not enough consoles to be sold, and on top of it, you know, they people a lot of people are tight with money and with everything going on, and so they're going to release an old an, an old gen version of a new gen game. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what do you think is going to happen? You know, it's just like kind of. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to playing that one at some point. I'll probably just get it on PC or yeah. maybe I'll get it for PS5 if I ever get a hold of one. Well, I'm gonna have to upgrade my computer before I do that. But anyways, so before well, <laughs> that's another topic altogether. Yeah, I know that we can. If you would like to come back for James and David's PC parts, come on down. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna do that later on. But uh, next week we go to PC Parts Picker and talk about it for two hours. That's right. Do you want to hear us dissect Linus's tip tips? Come on. No, 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 fuck the Linus. But anyways, so um, anyways, James, I'm gonna before we get out of here, I'm gonna just say thanks for coming in um, mm-hmm. and helping out. Um, hopefully, um, like I was saying earlier in episodes, we're gonna try and do a 26 episode run. We're gonna do the Weeb run. And, and we're going to make it, that's about as, as long as we're going to make it and, and hopefully go with that. Um, but, and that'll be our first season and then we'll start something new. I don't know what we're going to do for that final episode, but maybe it'll be something fun. Who knows? We can do something fun. And we'll do something fun. We might do a couple more little animes. We're trying to do out different things so we're not just stuck on games and things like that because I know uh, you guys like to hear other things that we, we, we get into. So, but either ways, James, I just want to say thanks for stopping by and we're going to head out here. All right, awesome. man. As always, it's been a blast. Bye, guys. Have a good day. Bye. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.